Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. It's a calling and a mission that I'm passionate about. So that's what Alicia is for me. It's a It's an opportunity to build something impactful where I get motivated each day to, you know, continue to spend my time doing it. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hello, everybody. I'm Ulvia Jafarli, a data scientist in Italy. Although I'm living in Rome, originally I am from Azerbaijan. While thinking about how long it took for me to be a tech woman in the technology world, I felt the responsibility and desire to help other women as much as I can. Therefore, I developed the TechDevop platform to support others who want to achieve in technology. Because I believe women have ability to do great things. For us, sharing, helping, developing as one is the most important value. What I would like to emphasize is just do not afraid to fail, do not limit yourself with little success. Think bigger, learn, fail, repeat, experience, and reach the inaccessible. No matter how hard the challenge is, go for it. If not now, then when? Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, where we are celebrating women in tech from around the world. Here with us today, we have Kina Fong. She's based in San Francisco, California. And my name is Anika Oftop. I am the guest host for the series, and I'm based in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I've been passionate about the healthcare space my entire life. I'm incredibly excited to be interviewing women that are changing the healthcare landscape one tech company at a time. So we're just going to jump right in. So Kina, can you please tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, well, I'm the CEO and co-founder here at Elation Health. Uh, Elation is a purpose-built technology platform for primary care. It's a very mission-driven company. We believe that everybody should have access to high-quality, personalized primary care, and technology is a critical enabler of that. And so, yeah, I live in San Francisco. Um, I started the company with my brother and happy to, to share more about my experience. I, I love it, and I'm really excited to dig right in. Um, so what does elation mean to you? Oh, uh, I mean, elation is a, is, is a very... Um, personal journey for me and also the culmination of many things in my life that I'm passionate about. I mean, I think of myself as a bit of an accidental entrepreneur. You know, most many entrepreneurs decide to start a company and then find the thing that that their company is going to do. I would say that Elation was really just a thing I wanted to do and it turns out I needed to start a company. My experience in healthcare started as a kid. My dad is a primary care physician, um, and 
he was very passionate or is very passionate about delivering really high quality personalized care to patients believes in primary care as that quarterback role that can really you know change the trajectory of a person's health and enable a uh, way better quality of life through basic you know preventative proactive thoughtful changes to behavior and habits uh throughout one's lifetime and so um yeah i mean elation to me is a way to allow that type of experience that type of care to be had by everybody you know everybody and uh, and anybody and i think none of us has more anything more important or valued to us than our health or our loved one's health and uh, yeah and so it's a it's a calling and a mission that i'm passionate about so that's what elation is for me it's a it's an opportunity to build something impactful where i get motivated each day to you know continue to spend my time doing it and I love that you just light up when you just when you talk about it too, and that's that's so powerful. Um, I did you did say something interesting. You said you're an accidental entrepreneur, and I know you come from the academic space in general. Can you talk a little bit about your academic journey and then that that moment where you transitioned into tech? Yeah, um, yes. So I am an academic by training. Uh, so I. Um, did my PhD in economics. I was trained as a game theorist and I applied game theory to healthcare. You know, I would say that my, the impetus for starting Elation, I think many academics that end up starting companies, it's out of their research or out of their academic work. Um, but oddly mine wasn't, it was certainly out of my formative experiences working in my dad's practice. So I mentioned my dad was a primary care doctor. Um, and what actually happened is when we, when we moved to the U.S. right before I was starting high school, you know, my brother and I were the ones who helped him set up his practice, navigate the very complex U.S. healthcare system. Um, you know, we came from Canada, so that's a single payer, very simple way, it's very simple, you know, comparatively. And I had always been involved in my dad's practice, spent about 10 years helping to manage the back office, hire and train staff. And Becoming an entrepreneur was, it was, it was interesting because it, it had really, I mean, I had guided my academic interest to healthcare, um, just, I mean, not surprisingly, given, given my interests. Uh, but yeah, I think the process of starting the company, it just started with, hey, we want to put some sort of technology into our dad's practice and sitting there for weeks and weeks, just trying to doing demos of everything, just trying to find something that would make sense for us, but anything would require us to hire additional staff or see fewer patients didn't make any sense. And that just led us down, both Khan and I led us down a path of, well, why, you know, why, how, how could that be? How could there be systems that really make no logical, rational sense to, to use? And, you know, it came down to the fact that these systems were built for billing. They weren't built for patient care, weren't built for, you know, helping support the clinical interaction or the clinical relationship. And so, yeah, we just got curious and started building something to see if we could test that hypothesis and see if we could build something that actually enhanced patient care. And it just sort of took off from there. I mean, the moment that I, you know, stepped into tech, so to speak, it's funny to think about it that way, because I never really have. But the moment um, I, we stepped into tech, I guess, was when I decided to leave academia and and, and start the company. And in a lot of ways, too, I think I think less. I mean, Elation is a technology company. Certainly, that's our core competency. We're experts at that. That's what we deliver. 
Um, but I think first and foremost, I think of ourselves as a, a, a healthcare company and a partner. Like we're not a vendor. I don't think of ourselves as, as a technology vendor. I think of ourselves as a partner to our physicians, to our customers um, who are really trying to make a difference in, in patient care. And I think that's important. Like technology is a means to an end, at least for, for what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you keep bringing up Conan. So who is Conan and why did you start Alation? Yeah, so Conan's my brother. Uh, he's my co-founder. And we just had that common experience of tackling things in, in our dad's practice. He actually went into healthcare, um, had a lot more of a direct hands-on experience with um, health IT. So he was a management consultant doing health IT uh, strategy and implementation work before starting Alation. And so he had a lot of really practical, hands-on perspective on how technology was really getting in the way of doctors more than helping them. Um, he was not surprised that I could not find something to put into our dad's practice. Um, and and I think we both have this shared motivation to enable, because we've seen, we've seen the type of high quality care in our, in our dad's practice and in many, you know, many of these community-based practices where there's just such strong relationships with patients and it means so much to them. Like it, it is, it is, you know, like I said, nobody has anything more valuable to them than their health and a trusted, you know, advisor and confidant and partner in a, in a great PCP is, is a real treasure. And so I think we have that shared experience in knowing that that exists, knowing it, can definitely exist at scale and wanting to be part of enabling that for, for everyone. So I think that's a big part of, of starting Alation, um, both, you know, quitting our jobs and, and, and doing this. Going for it. And it's a family thing too. I mean, it, it started with your father and then it grew into something that was so family oriented. So, and I love that. I, I am sure as like primary care providers, they resonate with it so much because they are the smaller practices that, that need the most support that don't necessarily have those efficient tools in their resource tab, you know? And so it's really important. I, I, I love the mission of Alation and I, I'm just, and I'm proud to say that I do work <laughs> for them too. Um, and so I, and something interesting that I saw um, while I was kind of just re reading more about you is that you wrote that academia and entrepreneurship are not polar opposites, which I absolutely adore because I, I'm an academic. I'm, I finished my master's. I want to get my PhD and I want to also be an entrepreneur. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit more about what you meant by that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I do remember saying that and I, I, I believe it for sure. So what I meant by that is basically in academia and in entrepreneurship, you're both at the edges of what is known or what has been done. Right. And, and it's an exploration and the answer is not, you just, it's not just looking it up somewhere or asking somebody who knows like that's, that's not where you get the answer. You get the answer by rolling up your sleeves and, thinking hard and problem solving and trying and failing and trying again. And, and, and I think that is a shared experience between um, academia and entrepreneurship. Um, I think most people think of them as pretty polar opposites as on, on first glance, right? Academia is like moves a little bit at a slow pace, you know, it's like <laughs> going to go as fast as it goes. And, um, and there's a lot uh there's a lot of truth to that, but that's because academia is um, 
you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's defining truth and facts for generations, right? Like it is a long-term play in terms of the impact that you have. Yes. Now, but also later 10 years, hundred years, you're building on a huge and an entire body of knowledge. Um, I have a lot of admiration and respect for academia and in entrepreneurship, people think of it as like kind of shoot from the hip, you know, do something today, do something different tomorrow. You can change, you can shift, like you just try to figure stuff out, um, you know, make it to the next day type thing. And so I think that's how people think of it as, as, as different, but yeah, I mean, at that common thread. And I think the thing that speaks to me is just the exploration of the unknown, um, the advancement of, of capabilities, you know, and of what, you know, of, of what's possible and, and, and how we can improve our, our shared experiences as a, as a society. Leaving a mark, leaving a legacy, absolutely on both, on those both aspects. Um, I am just very curious, have you been able to relate the game theory back into the healthcare space and what you do now? Because that is fascinating. I actually don't know anyone else that has gotten their PhD in game theory. So I'd just love to know if there was any if there is any correlation or any um, similarities that you see? Well, well, so first, I mean, you know, I, I ended up writing my thesis applying game theory to healthcare. So there's definitely very direct application in, in that regard. And the two areas I focused in on were one, um, the negotiations between providers and insurers. Um, and so, you know, you could have a situation, uh, well-documented empirical situations are where you have in one one locale, you know, two hospitals, say, who um, for the exact same procedure, exact same patient, exact same insurance company could be paying very, getting paid very different amounts, <laughs> you know, two, three X different orders of magnitude. And the question is why? Um, and so that's one thing I, I, I studied and thought about. And then the other one was actually about performance reporting on physicians. Um, and I look, you know, I spent a lot of time studying <laughs> the cardiac surgery report cards, um, uh, that started in New York and came on some other States. And, and there's a lot of application of game theory there as well. But in terms of uh, elation, uh, I think the part that has been most applicable is just, you know, ga game theory teaches you to think a particular way to be pretty analytical, um, to be highly rational and reason through complex um, concepts and situations. And, you know, just as a skill set, I think that's been helpful and valuable. Um, what we're trying to do is, is fairly complex and healthcare is pretty complex and there are always multiple players and, um, and trying to think about where the industry is going and navigating that. So I, I wouldn't say it, it's, you know, directly, you know, that my, my ability to model games and, <laughs> and define, you know, equilibria, like that's not necessarily what I'm doing day to day, but the concepts and the way of thinking, uh, I think helps a ton. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, the greatest illusion of life is the illusion of separation. We, we think two things are so separate, but they are, they intermingle and everything, a lot of theories do apply to practice, daily practice. And um, I can definitely see where game theory, you, those applications do apply to the healthcare space or within organizations and whatnot. Do you think you're ever going to go back to the academic space? <laughs> I'm not a big planner. Who knows? I just take life, you know, as it goes. <laughs> You're not a planner. I, now I need to know more. How do you, how do you organize your days or your, I guess having such like, Oh, well in the micro, <laughs> I am highly organized in my day to day, like knowing what I want to do, you know, what goals are top of mind, what my priorities are. So 
I, you know, I think most people who work with me would be like, yeah, you, you know, Kina's pretty organized uh, in that regard. But when I say I'm not a planner, it's like, you know, some people have career plans. I think that's amazing. You know, they think of what I'm going to do in five years, 10 years, 20 years, right? Um, and uh, I have a lot of respect for people who are thinking about, you know, their lives that way. Um, but that's just never been a strength of mine. I, I like to take things as they come. I, uh, I want to, you know, be really fulfilled in, in what I'm doing. Like I, 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 I would never want to be in a situation where like, yeah, I'm doing this for something I would really like in five years. Like I, I think enjoying the process and enjoying the day to day of, of what one does or what, what I do at least is, is important to me. Um, so I don't spend too much time dwelling in some exciting thing I might do in the future and think about, Hey, um, what impact am I having today? And, um, and does it get me excited? And I, can I show up and feel like I'm doing my best work and having, you know, my best impact. And so anyway, that, that's really what I <laughs> was talking about as it relates to planning. No, absolutely. And so the next question is, is what is your calling? And I find that interesting with what you just said is, do you, do you think that you have found your calling or? Interesting question. Um, yes. In that first, again, you know, in, in some of, some of how I think is, I don't, I don't think I have one calling. I don't think people have like one calling in, in life. You know, I think, that, you know, I, as I said, you know, I want to, I think to the degree that like, yes, I feel like what I'm doing has impact. Like, yes, I feel like, uh, I am able to bring, you know, the skills, capabilities, strengths, you know, that, that I have and apply them towards something that's meaningful to that degree. Like, yeah, I feel like I've, I've found my calling. Um, uh, do I have more callings? Probably. Um, do, <laughs> like, um, are, are there other things that, um, you know, that, that could happen, you know, decades in the future? Who knows? But I, I do know that, you know, I, I find the work that we do very meaningful and affiliation is the entirety of my career and the impact that I have. Like, I'm totally cool with that, you know? And I, I love your open-mindedness to the unknown because I don't think that, I mean, I get anxious thinking about sometimes what I'm going to be doing next year, let alone like years and years into the future. So I think that's just a very, just a, such a unique like way of thinking. And I very much appreciated that. Would, do you, would you say that you've always had that way of thinking and you've kind of just grown into it more or? I do think I've, I've at least for most of my adult life, um, had that, that kind of thinking. Um, in, in weird ways, it makes me more stable. Like I, you know, I committed to, like, I, I've been very committed to Alation. I continue to be, I enjoy it. You know, I, I, I love building the company. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do think I've had this, this perspective, at least for most of my adult life that I can remember. And you graduated Harvard at 19, yeah, was I that? Yeah, I <laughs> 19. So you had to have had some sort of, so it wasn't the, it wasn't the organization. How did you, how did you get to, how did you get there? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think that's incredible. And I'm just, I'm, I think that 
just how you carry yourself is so incredible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, um, yeah, I, it's just, you know, putting one step in one, one foot in front of another, you know, and even that, like that wasn't architected. Like I didn't have that as a goal, <laughs> you know, I started, you know, started school a bit early, you know, skipped some grades, ended up in college early. And, you know, I think it's, it's just, just doing your best, enjoying the process. I think, I think it's an, you know, being in the moment and, and appreciating what you have and doing the best with it. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it in, in any other ways, but yeah, I, I, I think it works for me and my, my personality. <laughs> I know it's, everybody's different. Absolutely. And, and I know um, you, even just talking about your relation journey, you work with your brother. And um, I think that having people around is really important too, to help achieve your goals. I'm curious to know, do you have any mentors that helped you kind of get to where you are today? Yeah. I mean, so many, it's hard to even pinpoint one. I, I think one part of my journey that is, you know, I think really important to emphasize is just, you know, being fortunate. I, I think I had a lot of people over the course of um, of my life, my academic journey, you know, my entrepreneur journey, who definitely have, have helped me a ton. And I think I've meandered through so many different parts of my, my journey, my life, you know, that I, there are, there are different people that have made a big impact on me, but certainly have, have had a lot of really positive mentors who have gone out of their way to be helpful. And, and I really appreciate that and certainly don't take it for granted. Yeah. Well, what advice would you have for someone that is looking for like a mentor in a space that they don't necessarily know too much about? Yeah, I think, um, I think just not being shy and asking, you know, and if, if you feel there's something you can learn from somebody um, that they can be a mentor for you, you'd just be surprised. Like people want to give back, right? They want to help others. Everybody who is successful um, has benefited from somebody else helping them um, purely out of the, the, the goodness of their hearts or their desire to pay it forward. And, and I think there is, there's, a lot of that out there. So I would encourage anybody to just ask the question, um, ask for, ask for the time. Um, and I think you'd be, well, first of all, you, you know, you will never know if you don't ask. Um, but also that, uh, I think there's a lot in, in paying it forward and helping others, uh, out there. I love that. We are all in it together, right? Um, and I know, like, kind of just going through all of your journeys, uh, the, this journey, sorry, you probably have had to overcome some challenges. Can you talk a bit about, like, some challenges that stand out to you or that were defining in your experience? Oh, yeah. Um, there are, so, I mean, I think entrepreneurship, first of all, is just defined by challenge. <laughs> it's it's a, just a... It's just a series of, you know, hills to climb, um, potholes to fall over in, <laughs> and chances to get back up, right? So many challenges. I, I think a few that I would, would highlight, I think one is just, you know, raising capital. And I'm sure that's something for, for every entrepreneur, just learning how to do that. Um, how to speak to investors, how to tell stories. You know, some people are very gifted storytellers. Um, paint a big vision, sell a big, you know, sell a big idea. And then 
Um, but they aren't necessarily always the ones who can deliver on that, right? And I think others bring the strength of actually like being able to put together an effective plan and, and execute and, and, and build something. And so I think, you know, for me, that whole process of evolving into, you know, I was more of an academic, you know, a little more quiet, right? And um, I was always extroverted, but it's not like I was signing up to be a salesperson <laughs> for my next job. And I think learning to sell, like that's, that's, and it's not a bad thing. It's like learning to sell, whether it's employees or, you know, team members you want to bring on, or if it's, um, customers or investors. And I think that certainly is a personal evolution and navigating and understanding my own leadership and, um, you know, and my strengths, um, as is, is certainly one of those challenges and, and capital raising are some of those very specific moments where you have to, you know, you have to get a thing done. Generally the world is, 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 is questioning you, you know, it's a classic, you get a hundred no's for every, you know, two yeses type thing. And so those are, those are, those are formative experiences, certainly big challenges. And yeah. And I think another, you know, whole, whole conversation I'm sure we could have is, is, you know, becoming a mom, having kids in the middle of um, being an entrepreneur. And, you know, I, I raised, yeah. One of the rounds that we raised um, was right after uh, I had my first kid and, it's just, it's just an interesting thing to navigate, you know, like motherhood and career and entrepreneurship. So certainly a challenge. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't even imagine. And my, ne my next question was literally going to be as a woman in tech, how has that differed for you than like, let's say your male counterparts or anyone you've encountered. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. First and foremost, you're a superwoman, first of all. That is incredible. Um, but I'd love to love to hear just a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, there are so many mothers out there that have done amazing things with their careers. And I think it's it's so important to emphasize those examples because, you know, I don't want it to be a unique thing or a special thing or an amazing thing. I think, you know, I, I, I think it's it's really important that women know, especially younger women, know that it's not a trade-off they have to make. Like there are so many wonders and joys and amazing experiences you get out of having children like they're the most it's just, you know the most transformative and rewarding experiences I've you know I've ever had or am, you know am going through and so first of all I think it's it uh, you know I would love it to be completely commonplace <laughs> you know, a shrug of the shoulders <laughs> that, uh, that you know one one has a family and also um, you know can continue to accomplish and achieve uh, in their in their careers you know, I, I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking too much about, oh, well, if I weren't a woman, like, how would this be different or easier? I, I, I just uh, tend to be a, I tend to focus on the positive, focus on the opportunity. And if there's a challenge, like how I'm going to tackle it. Um, and um, so it's almost like blissful ignorance or blinders or whatever it is to, to sort of just focus on what the goal is. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I also see today, like, for example, fundraising when pregnant, I think is a, is, is a, is a very interesting dynamic and in how, how one needs to talk about or not talk about whether you do have kids, you don't have kids, you plan to have kids, you know? Um, and it's, it's, I wouldn't say I have a solution to it. It's, it's sensitive. It shouldn't be right. It shouldn't be. Um, uh, but I know even for myself, I, 
I would sort of struggle. It's not the first thing I would put out there right? in terms of, you know, um, you know, talking to uh, investors or um, customers or, or whatnot. But it, I do think, though, um, it is important. And as I continue to, you know, advance in, in my career and um, continue to be able to set, you know, set an example and be a role model, I, I think it is important to just make make these things more commonplace, right? Talk about them. Um, so, yeah, I think there's so much work to be done there, but but a lot of progress that we've made, so. Mm-hmm. More to make, absolutely. And would you say becoming like a parent has changed your perspective on the importance of healthcare, the importance of primary care in particular? Oh, so much, so much. Uh, you know, I think one, when you think about healthcare, Oftentimes, um, you think about it as something you need as you get older, right? And your your parents need that's when you know a lot of healthcare costs and um, start showing up, and a lot of complications and 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 um, illnesses. But actually, so much of that is also at the very beginning of life too, you know. And that type of relationship where you rely on you know your OB or your pediatrician to really be your advisor it's such an unknown especially as a you know as a first-time parent like you really have no idea (laughs) about anything and and it's that trust right that trust and that relationship i think is one of the most powerful things in healthcare and in primary care um and so yeah just just experiencing that is is a tremendous reminder of what what a positive and important pillar right a strong healthcare relationship is um for anybody. And, and with this perspective, how you have, have you brought it over to elation or how has elation embodied this perspective on the importance of, you know, healthcare and, and also being a parent? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a important part of how we think about, you know, the overall experience of being uh, an employee at elation. I mean, certainly we've thought a lot about supporting, parents. Um, uh, and I think from a, um, it's, it's not only, you know, certainly the the things people talk a lot about are maternity benefits, paternity benefits, parental benefits. Um, but I also think there's something about a culture that you build that is sensitive to, um, parents, right. Whether you think about flexibility of schedules, timing of certain meetings, um, as a fully distributed team across, you know, all time zones of the U S um, there's a there's a, a little bit of a complex puzzle in that, but I think the number one thing is it starts with it starts with awareness and sensitivity and thoughtfulness, and then training through to structural things we can do as a company to make it parent friendly. But yeah, I think it's there's there's certainly um, a lot of good work to be done there, and uh, and I appreciate the the platform that you know Alation has to to do good work there. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So what is the best lesson that you've learned about yourself while pursuing your dreams? Good question. I think one thing, one thing I've definitely learned about myself is I'm, you know, pretty resilient. I think I tend, one of my, I think one of my superpowers is to really be able to take positives from situations, even, even though they could be really, you know, difficult in the moment, 
just using them, thinking of all of those as stepping stones to progress and and, and moving forward even, you know, and I, I think that has, that has helped me in the line of work that I do not get too caught up in, in tough situations, but yeah, I, I would say sometimes I even surprise myself with <laughs> resilience and, and grit and uh, and commitment and determination. And, and I, I think, you know, things you see in, in many entrepreneurs. I wouldn't have thought of myself as an entrepreneur from day one, like, like I had said earlier. So, yeah. Can you tell me a bit about the values that Elation holds? Great. Yeah, we have five core values at Elation. Um, the first is uh, embrace challenge. I think that's so important um, to uh, see a challenge, embrace it, especially being in healthcare, trying to change how healthcare um, is delivered. So important to appreciate and not um, appreciate challenges because that is progress. We overcome it, it comes progress. And so much of the company's uh, experience and then successes have been about encountering a challenge and uh, embracing it and tackling it. Uh, the second is crave context. It's one that really um, stems from our roots as a one. Well, we continue to be, but very product oriented company. If you you know down down to day one with me and Conan, you know crave context. It's this idea that we're not doctors. We're not. We we got to put ourselves in their shoes and ask questions to understand their context and their world in order for us to deliver something um, that has value to them. And I think that's now you know, throughout the organization, um, not only to ask, crave context about our customers, but about each other, about, you know, the industry, et cetera. Earn customer trust is uh, an important one for us. It's, I think, speaks to our customer uh, service notions of every interaction is an opportunity to earn trust. Customer trust is the most important thing that we have as an organization. So um, uh, that's the third value. Next, build kinship. Um, that just, I think, speaks to us wanting the Elation team to be a community and to connect with one another, not just because you have to work with each other or you share a project or you're, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're launching an initiative, but, um, but because you care and, and that we recognize we're all people um, connected by um, uh, a shared uh, a shared mission, a shared experience, a shared organization, but that kinship and connectivity to one another is is important. And the last is, I think the most simplest one is own impact, um, which is, I think, a really important one as we continue to grow and scale. Like every single person has a unique opportunity um, to have impact at the company. Um, and it's really important for everybody to think about what their impact is. I love it. And those are so powerful as well. And so I'm curious, so what's next for you and what's next for Elation? Oh, so much. I mean, it's an, ex- it's a, such an exciting time. Uh, you know, as, as we've talked about, Elation's mission is very much centered around um, the advancement of primary care. Um, and uh, there's so much interesting that's happening in that front. Um, you know, as a, as a, country, the U.S. spends about five cents of every healthcare dollar on primary care. Most developed countries spend about 10 to 12 cents of every dollar. And so there's massive room for us to really be using our primary, you know, investing in primary care. And I think we're starting to see it, whether it's, you know, urgency created by the pandemic, 
um, or the just continued growth of healthcare costs without any corresponding improvement in outcomes. I think people see primary care, which we've known for ages that an incremental dollar primary care saves $13 in downstream spend, but we just haven't materialized that. So the, the momentum over the last couple of years, um, you know, we're just really excited to be a part of it. That's that's super exciting. And I'm excited to follow along <laughs> internally, externally, both. <laughs> um, and so we're almost at the end. I wanted to ask one last question before our quick fire questions. So the last question I have is, who is a woman that would you say that inspires you? Yeah, so, you know, I would say most recently, you know, there was a woman, her name's Kim Ng, who became a general manager in Major League Baseball. She was the first uh, woman, definitely Asian woman, that became a female, like a, a, a GM in uh, the Major League. I think it was from the, for, the, for the Marlins. Yeah, I thought that was incredibly inspirational for so many reasons. Just And then I, I, when I heard about it, I think I heard about it on a news headline. I have not met her. But when I heard about it on a news, news headline and I started to dig into uh, just understanding her, her background, her experience, her history, how she, how she got there, and just imagining the hurdles and the challenges that she walked straight through. I mean, not walked, like power, had to have powered through to get to where she is. Um, I just found that in, incredibly inspirational. Um, I'd love to meet her one day. That is amazing. I absolutely love that answer. So to wrap up, we're going to just do some quick fire questions. There's only a few. Don't think, think too much about it. Just whatever comes to the top, like top of your mind. Okay. So first question is, what is your favorite book? Top of mind, the, the design of everyday things. The design of everyday things. Most impactful book. Yeah. I've never read it. I'm going to add that. To Very heavy. List. Heavy book. Heavy. Yeah. In, dense book. Oh, okay. Is it more like a textbook? Yeah. This is your academic side speaking. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it sort of, it, it speaks to all these, it's the design of everyday things like doorknobs and, and it, it, it talks about the small, the smallest of design decisions and make that can make the biggest of impacts and how they help make all of our lives easier every day, even though we probably don't appreciate it. And there's a lot of the think a lot of the thinking there are principles that we've brought into Alation and the design of, of, of Alation as a product. So um, that's the most most impactful book. Absolutely. Um, would you okay, so favorite podcast or video series? Doesn't have to be professional. So the uh, I, I love watching a, a bunch of different video series. I would say the one that remains my favorite uh, of all time, not exactly sure why, is Friday Night Lights. It ages me a little bit, but that the video series, like the, 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 I think it was Netflix. Um, but it's not the show. It's not the show, not the show, not the football, the football show, not the, not, oh, it's about football. Oh, it's yeah, the football. football show. It, but it's the video series? It is the football show. I'm not into football. Really? It's a, it's a TV series. Oh. Yeah. It's not the movie. Gotcha. I don't think I've seen the movie, but I've definitely seen the, the series and it's so powerful. There's so much emotion within it so i've only seen a few episodes but i i'm just from those few i've kind of there's there's one bad season i forget which one exactly there's one bad season where the white writers went on strike no the first couple are the best the first couple okay good to yeah. know i'll only the watch two. the first couple and then skip over <laughs> the bad season. yeah yeah or you could forgive you could forgive the bad season and then I think it wraps up still on a strong Keep note. Keep going. Okay. Good to know. And then what, what would you say is a 
the best resource for anyone looking for anything, whether it be in tech or health tech in particular? Yeah, so health tech, I would say the two that I read um, pretty religiously would be one is his talk. It's it's pretty uh, broadly read, but isn't isn't necessarily. Um, it's a little, you know, I think people hear about it from, from others. So his talk and then, and then health tech nerds, they do a really good job of, of speaking to digital health. Could you, can you spell his talk? Is it H I S T O K? Oh, H I S T A L K. T A L K. Oh, talk, talk. Okay. I have TikTok on my mind. So I was like, his talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you. (laughs) A whole generation that can't, I, that can't, I can't, that un, can't, I can't un, like connect those two. So they're doing a pretty good job, you know, making that like the only thing I think about sometimes. And then lastly, and I'm a big foodie. So what is your favorite food? Dumpling. Love dumplings. Great answer. I don't even need to. Fresh dumplings. Oh my goodness. Do you ever, <laughs> do you ever make them yourself? Sometimes, but they're, I'm not good at it. I, it should be, it's for me, better purchased <laughs> or cooked by somebody, somebody excellent. I just, I just perfected my recipe for soup dumplings, but I still can't pleat for the life of me. So, we're, that's the next task for me is to learn how to pleat properly. But I will say, I do love my soup dumplings. Um, okay, so we're gonna close off. I'm gonna ask two questions. One is, what is one thing listeners can do to support you and Alation? And then the second is how can people connect with you? So we'll start with the first. What's one thing we can do to support you? Advocate for primary care and find yourself a great primary care physician. Find one in your community and, um, you know, find them, help them, introduce others to them. But I think supporting primary care, there's so much value in that. And so I think everybody can contribute to that. I love it. And then how can people connect with you? Uh, find me on Twitter. Uh, at Kina Fong, um, or you can tweet at Elation Health as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. So thank you all so much for hanging out with Women in Tech podcast uh, to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world. Remember to go to womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. And you can say hello on social, which is Women in Tech Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.